and welcome to the Beyond 94 Feet podcast. I am Dr. Kim Rogers, and I want to welcome you back. So as we record this episode, I am still thinking about the great time we had in Las Vegas with the NBA Summer League and the WNBA, um, their All-Star Weekend. You know, everything was just phenomenal. The level of service, just the community that we were in and just everyone there that was a fan of that great game that I love, which is basketball. So although each event centered on basketball, um, there were two entirely different atmospheres. Um, and so when you think of that, and, and I put it into context such as this. So with the WNBA All-Star Weekend, for me, it was about a range. And by that, I mean a range of emotions and experiences with the athletes. Um, and with the WNBA, those events, there was a level of assurance. You may say, what is she talking about? We're going to dig into that, right? You know, those athletes, and, and by the way, elite athletes, right? They both are, you know, in the NBA, the WNBA, just across the board. But with the WNBA, going back to that, you know, they were able to perform at the highest level um, as they always do, right? But with a degree of ease. You know, they had the comfort in knowing that they were there to celebrate excellence, engage with the fans, and give an up-close and personal experience to the fans as well, right? That did not involve an intense level of stress. Um, it was just a celebration of excellence like no other. So when I pivoted to the NBA Summer League events, also held in Vegas. And that was great, right? Just a convenience of having both there. But the atmosphere was entirely different. Um, let's start with what was not different. Let's, let's start there, right? So both events, they were a demonstration of elite athletes at the highest level. Absolutely. When you see them and see what they put on display, you understand why they are the best of the best, right? Bar none, hands down, the best of the best. Both events had high fan engagement, but the separator for me, right, from, from my point of view, from my lived experience, was the emotions and the experiences that I referenced earlier, right, with the WNBA. You know, in the NBA Summer League games, there was no margin for error. It was 100% full effort on every play. Why? Because of the conditions in which the athletes were competing at. So when you look at the NBA and the Summer League games and the 100% full effort, think about that for just a second when I talk about the conditions in which the athletes were competing at to do a comparison and contrast with the WNBA. So you had those that were already on teams in the Summer League, right? You know, you had some that this is their second year in the NBA, like Jabari Smith Jr., who just showed out for the Houston Rockets, right? Um, and then you had those that were not drafted. They're not currently on a roster or a team. And so they're kind of auditioning for a coveted slot on a team or for anyone in that matter with the authority to take their career to the next level. Think about that. Every time they step out on that floor, if they already don't have a spot on a roster somewhere, they're literally auditioning before a live audience. Could you imagine having to perform at a level of 100% full throttle before an audience that is not your typical fan base, 
for where you typically play at your home arena. Uh, rather, it's more of a conglomerate of people from all over the world, right? And they just happen to ascend on Vegas at that point in time, right? And they just happen to stop in to watch a game as an opportunity for some. This is the first time that they've seen, you know, just this this level of intensity with NBA level games. And for some, it's like, hey, let's check this off the list, right? Because everything has a bit of ease when you look at the schedule and you can't miss out on any of the action, right? So think about that. So where do you draw your energy from? This is not your home crowd, right? Um, You essentially have to will yourself mentally to perform at the highest level without the cheers from those who know you the best, but the subtle cheers or comments from those that maybe this is their first time seeing you perform, right? So we frame the title of today's episode, which is Don't Wait for Autonomy, You Have the Will to Win. There is something, I mean, something indescribable about having a vision, doing the work and seeing that vision unfold. You feel accomplished and ready to take on the world, right? So this journey, this journey that we call life, we would call it as maybe being an anomaly, right? To experience a perfect sequence of having a vision, you know, you do the work and seeing the vision unfold without any deviation in the process. That would be an anomaly, right? It does not happen all the time in life. But when it does, man, that is a feeling like none other, right? But typically there is a form of opposition or a need to refine a step somewhere in this process. When you detect, you know, resistance and things of that nature, you have to change a little bit about how you shift and move, right? And this requires accountability and ownership. No matter where you are on your journey, you must take accountability and recognize that you own the process. And once you become clear, I mean crystal clear that you own the process, you start to recognize that you have complete and full autonomy. means that you have the ability to control the narrative. This increases your ability to move beyond that opposition we just talked about. The time is now to take a stand for yourself and what defines you. This measure of accountability is directly connected to the actions you will take to establish a level of greatness for yourself and those that you are accountable to. Because we're all accountable to someone on this journey, whether we want to recognize it or not, right? You have someone need to be a family member, need to be a coworker, or need it just be someone that is waiting for you to take your rightful place on this earth to set the example for them to be the blueprint, in other words, right? So when we're in the midst of navigating opposition on our journey, we often hear, what's the return on investment, right? So we're going to go down that path for a bit. When you think of return on investment or ROI, the acronym, right? It can sometimes cause one to analyze every single detail of a process, which, you know, could be your professional makeup and just how you are if you are an analytical person. And I think I've shared with you, that's me, right? I will analyze every bit of the process because it's in my DNA. That's how I am. That's how my mind works. That's how I frame things, right? And work my way backwards. So this is often our mindset if we want to exercise caution 
to ensure we don't make the same mistake again, right? Because the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. But what happens when you're measuring the ROI and it becomes a roadblock? You know, this self-imposed roadblock is nothing more than analysis paralysis. And we've talked about this before. With this mindset, one becomes consumed with analyzing every single detail over and over and over again. And in this instance, you're not waiting for autonomy. You're waiting to get out of your own way. How many times do you get in your own way? I know I do quite a bit, right? And then I have to step back and say, is it me or is it something else? And invariably, it's me. I'm standing in my own way. And so when you're stuck and nothing transpires, there's this lack of productivity. And in some cases, we start to convince ourselves to just give up and retreat to a place of comfort, right? We go back to that comfort zone because it's familiar and you know what the risks are with this comfort zone. So I challenge you to pivot from looking at the return on investment and look at the cost of inaction, the COI. That's often the reason why we remain stagnant. We slipped into the stage of inaction. We're just stuck. We don't want to move. We don't want to go left. We don't want to go right. And it's usually as a result of waiting for autonomy, waiting for someone to give us the permission to walk in our purpose. We have the freedom of thought. And somehow we start to doubt that we're qualified to make sound and timely decisions about, guess what? Our purpose. The more people you invite into the process to validate your thoughts and ideas, in most cases, that's the further you start to move away from your purpose. Now, albeit at some point, you know, we've confided in someone to gain clarity on a thought or a concept to move forward. And this is normal. You know, we do this all the time because we just want to have that that checks and balances. Right. And that's how we navigate life as a human. Because there are no silos of excellence. So gaining feedback at an appointed period, it can serve us well as we navigate through life. But what I am referring to is the opposite of a healthy set of checks and balances. When you've minimized your purpose in such a way that you have to ask someone for permission to walk in your purpose. Think about it. You're actually taking a pause on your journey to ask someone for permission to walk in something that you know is yours and you own it fully, which is your purpose, right? So then we've moved from a state of progress to a state of regression in that regard. So essentially, you've embarked on a shift towards a less than optimal state. You don't trust the image that is staring back at you in the mirror. So the notion of betting on yourself, um, it becomes a loose interpretation And you couldn't possibly take on that task of betting on yourself because, again, you mortgage off your purpose to someone else to give you permission to walk in your purpose. But let's change that narrative. Not only are you qualified, I say that again, not only are you qualified, but you are also the only person in the universe uniquely positioned to walk in your purpose. So with this unique title of being one of one, you can't afford to wait for autonomy. You cannot afford to wait for permission from someone that, quite frankly, may not have it all together themselves, but they appear to be, right? 
until you really get behind closed doors and figure out what they're made of. So why, again, would you wait for autonomy, wait for permission to walk in your purpose? You already know inherently what you're made of and what you can become. You just need to step out and execute. So when you get close, you will know it. You feel differently and the people around you, they appear differently. And that's not because of mere happenstance. It's because you're growing, you're walking in your purpose, and you're becoming more confident in the person that you're destined to be. And you start to appreciate the gift of perspective. And you learn to see people for who they are and what they are. And once you gain this perspective, people appear in their true, authentic form and not for what you desire them to be. Those are two different things. People in their true, authentic form and what you desire them to be. When you are walking in your purpose, there is clarity in your reason, your rationale, and your why. The thought of waiting for permission to reach the highest and the fullest expression of who you are destined to become, it just becomes unbearable, right? To the point that waiting for autonomy is an insult to your current and to your future self. Think about that. It becomes an insult to your current and your future self. The choice is yours. You can't wait for others to dictate your future. If you do, you take away the autonomy that you have to walk in your purpose. You want to be an active participant. You want to let your presence be known and let the game come to you. So I want to encourage you to continue walking in purpose and operating in your gift to become unbreakable. Connect with us on Instagram at beyond94feet, and that's spelled the entire way out, or on our website at beyond94ft.com, and I'll see you on the other side.